This is this, the what the fuck episode. Yeah, this is almost episode 50. I know. 50 times of doing and, this and all and of a sudden forgotten. we were talking about it before and I just panicked. Uh, hello friends and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy theme podcast. This is This Changes go. Everything. I'm your host Sarah and with me as always is the man who's always going to call us on our shit and you know what? We like it. Uh, it's Therapy Jeff. Hi Therapy Jeff. Yes. Is that like your kink being called on your shit? Does it kind of like get you a little hot and bothered in a I good mean, way? Only if, like, I then work on the shit and then they praise right, me right. and tell me I did such a good job. So you have a praise king. Oh, is what yeah. You have. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and some people will be like, oh, yeah, I like when people, like, say nice things about me, too. I'm like, not like I like it. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, you take not it Not like you need a cold shower. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm not really. How yeah, are you, Jeff? Are. You're not really kidding. I'm, uh, I'm okay. I, this week has been a little meh. Like, oh, not great, not bad, just sort of like, it feels like it's one of those weeks where I'm sort of mailing it in, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just not like, every week can be your best week. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, you know, sometimes I can get like a little hard on myself of like, you can work harder, you can like create cooler content, you can be a better therapist or what? a better friend, but you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm just doing my best. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so it's one of those weeks. I'm okay, but I'm going to like bring a lot of wonderful energy. Although if I don't bring good energy to this podcast, that's okay too, right? Oh, I'm just yeah, gonna, that's I'm okay. Show but I bet you will, happens. as long as you feel comfortable, yeah. as long as you just like accept wherever you are right now. You mm-hmm. know, I'm cool with it. Don't worry. And I yeah. feel like we're talking about a subject that's like super fun and nostalgic. And we are. You know, how can you not bring your A game when talking about your twenties? I know. I love talking about the past and my 20s specifically. But before we do that, how's your week? Oh, uh, you know, actually kind of the same. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's hmm. just like, you know, regular. Regular? Man, yeah. regular? <laughs> just regular. Like, you know, not, not great. I did find a new TV show that, like, Netflix show that I'm obsessed with. What is it? Uh, it's a Korean soap opera slash drama oh, okay. uh, called Crash Landing on You. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm not the only one who loves it. Huh. Eli and I have started watching this, and both of us are so obsessed. Like, we get really? home and we're like, are we going to watch our show? And we <laughs> love it! And so it's, like, so romantic and so cute. And Eli's <laughs> super into it. Is there multiple seasons? I or don't know. It... The episodes are, like, two, like an hour and a half long. So it feels like... And there are, like, oh, 30 oh. of them. So Whoa. it feels like a lot of seasons. And we can only watch, like, one episode a night before somebody falls asleep on the couch. But... Yeah. It is very fun to have like a new show and be into it. And like, who knew we both were like really into Korean dramas. <laughs> is there subtitles? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me stay focused. I love it. You know, there. Yeah. I mean, there uh subtitles is like a real thing these days. Like people yeah. put subtitles on no matter what. Along, this like, is me. Yeah. That I imagine that was you. And, and there's. <laughs> I feel like, and I think they did this in Stranger Things, where if you put on the subtitles in Stranger Things, and it's like, it's cool and arty and it matches the vibe. It's oh. not just like white letters. And I think they're starting to play around with that. So in the future, the subtitles are going to be like, they're going to match this. the vibe. Yeah. Right? I'm very into that. Because yeah. everyone's doing it nowadays. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For it. Plus, Eli's half deaf, like actually. So oh, we need well, okay, all the help so. we can get. So yeah, he's yeah. deaf, in, deaf in his right ear. 
Oh, well, that yeah. subtitles are perfect for him yeah. and for, for both of you for yeah. different reasons, maybe. Yes, exactly. I've been, I've been rewatching Workaholics for like oh, the 10th time. So good. Yeah. It's just so rewatchable. I love it, those guys. I love those. And I love those shows that you can rewatch. Like, oh, God. It's yeah. So perfect. Yeah. Sometimes. That feels kind of nostalgic and throwback. Right, right. Yeah. So know. that will transition us into our topic of the day. Uh, we got a few questions from 20 somethings and we are going to also talk about what we wish we would have known in our twenties. Looking mm-hmm. back on it now, uh, do, should we reveal how old we are first? Oh yeah. What, like when, how long ago the 20 somethings were? When were your twenties? I know it's so funny because in my mind, I still feel like I'm, that's kind of mm-hmm. how old I feel. Like I'm like 23, like forever, 24. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like that. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> help that I dress like an eight year old and overalls pretty much <laughs> every day. It does contribute to it you a know? little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I am 37 years old. And so Mm -hmm. I was in my 20s, like in 2000 and like seven through 17. Think oh, wow. about that. No, no, you're doing the no? math wrong. No, am I doing the bat- math wrong? All I know is I was 21 in 2008 when I was on the real world. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm doing the math wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Because I remember sense. when that aired, I was old enough to go to the, uh, it was old enough to like buy booze and I was old enough to go to the, the casino, but I was young enough to... I don't know, fall for a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, developmentally appropriate. Yeah, for that age. Yeah. Yeah. I, I turned 20 in 2000. And since I was born in 1980, I like perfectly sync up with all ah, of the... Ah, nice. Yeah. So in 2000, I turned 20. And then in 2010, I turned 30. In 2010, so, you turned 30. So, so how old are you so now? I'm 42. 42. Look at that. I'm so bad at math. I don't even know if I did my own math right. But well, yeah, something like that, like around that time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it so it's was pretty a good close. Time. We're kind yeah. of like, you're like the tail end of like millennial right. to that. What is that other generation they call the... <laughs> Is it Gen X? Yeah, Gen yeah. X. The like Gen, Gen, Gen Xers X. are always, they're the forgotten generation. Yes. Nobody fucking talks about them. Yeah. I don't I know. Even I didn't even remember the name. Them. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm the in between. I'm like right between Gen X and millennials. So there's yeah. that very like specific, like uh, with three to five year, we're, yeah. we, we're called like Xenials. Yeah, you guys are really like, cool. All my favorite people are that age. We are. They I were like the ones so I idolized because they were all like my babysitters. Yeah. And you should have. We're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool music. Like such cool music. Yeah. Yeah. You guys... But not, and not like, you know, we understand technology, but we're not super online. So we're sort of like yeah. grew up with like technological yeah. boundaries. So we didn't get like too sucked into it. Yeah. But like we all and like talk no about... parental supervision. None. None, None. whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Good times. Those are very good times. But let's get into the questions. This first question is really good. And I'm hoping that you have a good answer for it because I do not. So okay. she says, <laughs> yeah, pressure's on, Sarah. Oh, my gosh. I am 26 and I have an almost perfect five-year relationship. 
I feel like I want to break up with him just because I want to be single in my 20s. And everyone says that I'd be so stupid to throw something so good away. I will give this question some context because yeah. I made a video a few days ago where I sort of like, here's 10, 10 reasons, uh, 10 okay reasons to break up with your partner. And they were just sort of like, because you fucking feel like it, because yeah. you want to, because it's not working for you anymore, because you've mm -hmm. grown apart. Where I was sort of trying to kind of like normalize and validate that if you want to get out of a relationship, it doesn't have to be like a major reason. The totally. relationship doesn't have to blow up. If you just want to leave, you can leave if you want to. Yeah. That being said, the disclaimer is like, you know, in long-term relationships, if that's what you're looking for, you have to get through all the bumps and bruises and, and talk about what you, you know, how to make it work, whatever, whatever. So you shouldn't just be bailing on every single relationship. That being said, but when you say people stay in relationships, the, the, common thing is to stay in relationships maybe longer, like past yeah. the expiration date versus, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to kind of like, if you, yeah. if you want to throw in the towel, you, you can, and it can be for whatever reason, yeah. whatever small or quote unquote petty reason you can, you can get out of a relationship if you want to. So this mm -hmm. person sent me a message after she saw that video and she was like, well, I want to get out of my relationship because I want to be single in my twenties. Is that a good enough reason to get out of a relationship? And all my friends are saying like, no, stay in it. So what I do you mean, say? I would say like, what is it that you want to get out or what is the expectation that you have in that time that you would be single? Is it to explore your own interests and your own pursuits? Like, oh, I want to travel and he doesn't want to travel. Is it something like that that you really want to do alone? Or is it, I want to just like fuck around and I, I want to like, bang. I just want to bang. I mean, I think both of those things can be negotiated within the relationship in a way okay. that you don't yeah. have to like break up in like, I don't know, the classic terms, I guess, where it's like, we're done and pack up all of your stuff. I almost see it as like, you know how the Amish have that like time when they're, I don't know, oh, 18 right. or something where they're, they I, go, there's a name for go it. nuts or something. Yeah. Where yeah. they're like able to like go and just like, okay, see the world and like, called? fuck yeah. around and maybe find out. And that seems like maybe what she needs a little bit of. And that, I mean, do you think that itch to experience more will only become stronger as the years go on? First of all, our producer, Andrea, I knew, I knew that she would have the answer to what yes. that stage was called. It's called Rumspringa. Ah, there we go. Yes. Yeah. I knew it was a funny word. Thanks, Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so your question is, do you think that her urge will get stronger as yes. she continues, if she stays in the relationship? Yes. Is that what you're wondering? Yes. Uh, I would imagine so. I would too. I, and I, and I would that... say that as soon as there's something bad. I think if there's an, ever a time to put mm. like a pause in the relationship or say, you know, like the classic friends line, which maybe you don't even know about friends because you're 20, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we were on a break. Like maybe it's a time <laughs> to like do like a break and like both of you, because if you meet somebody in that amount of time, you know, with the idea that this is a perfect relationship in the back of your mind and it's like enough to 
mm-hmm. say, I don't want to be with that person again. How strong is that foundation to begin with? You know, like, yeah, no, I, I like what you're doing here, Sarah. It's not okay. where, it's not where my head went at oh. first, but I think that it is, I think you should follow Sarah's advice here and ask yourself first, what is it that you want to experience? What do you imagine being single would be? And then can you experience that while also being in the relationship or while changing the rules or coming up with an alternative situation or whatever? Um, and you, you'll, you'll see if the, how like sturdy and strong and secure that relationship is if you start like bending things. So yeah. I like that. Um, I'm all, I, 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 I want to know. I'm reading this question again. It seems like she's saying that all of her friends are saying that the relationship is perfect. So uh-huh. I guess she's also saying she's in an almost perfect relationship. Is she saying it's perfect or are her friends? Because I feel like a lot of people might be looking at her relationship and feeling really jealous or envious of what she has. So they might be projecting right. their bullshit of like, I'm single or I'm with a shitty person and I wish I was you with the, in this amazing relationship. So like, let's take your friends out of the picture. Sure. Right. Such a good point. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I so definitely had people who, and what maybe your needs, which I definitely had people when I was married where they were like, what are you kidding me? I would kill for that life. And I, it's so like you have it easy and da da da. da. And I'm like, yeah. no, nope, not for me. Yeah. Don't want right. that. There's also, there was this book, what's it called? Um, How Not to Die Alone by okay. Logan Yuri. Uh, I was going to name my book, How Not to Die Alone. And it turns out I did not come up with that (laughs) book title. (laughs) Somebody else came up with that book title. I read that book. It's a good book. She's, uh, she works at Google, worked at Google. Now she works at Hinge and she's like all about data and analytics. So she gets like real sciencey and analytical about like dating and finding a person. She's also a dating coach and she has, she talks about in this chapter, I'm not going to get these numbers totally correct but you'll get the idea here because there's this question of when do i settle down with my Ah. person how many people do i need a date first and at what age or how many people should i go through how many relationships should i have until i eventually and there's this like kind of horrible thing that sort of happens that if you meet somebody who is quote unquote perfect very early on how do you know if they're perfect you haven't dated a whole bunch of other people that could actually be a better match and so she has this whole algorithm of like how many people you should date um and there's also like a lot of data on like people interviewing uh possible employees for their for a new job role and they say that eventually like you should interview or go on as many dates as you can and when you get to like the let's say i think she said something like i don't know you have maybe like if you go on a hundred dates in your life you should uh, after the 33rd date, you should look back at all the 33 people that you've ever dated and try to figure out like who was the best one. And then from 33 onwards, if you date somebody who's as good as the best one or even better, snatch that person up and uh-huh. put a ring on their finger. Uh-huh. Like, so you have to like date a yeah. third of the people first. That's and then the magic number is the one third thing. Yeah, Cause yeah. I've heard it about how many houses should you look at or apartments oh. should you look at before you go? Yeah, I should live here. And it's look at how, like however many you're going to look at, which one was your favorite out of the first three? If any in that second half and third mm-hmm. half were yeah. better than that, th- that's the one you get. 
So we need more data, maybe? Yeah. Is that resonating with you, listener or questioner, whoever wrote this question? Because that's sort of the way that I lean. However, there's also the question of what would you what do you what would you rather regret? Yeah. Would you wanna regret like giving up on a re- leaving a relationship that was a really good match for you? Or do you want to regret never being single in your twenties? Mm-hmm. Um, that might be a little binary because Sarah like introduced how we can maybe be in the yeah. gray or there's some yeah. nuance here. Yeah. But that's also a question you might want to think and of. Just be prepared that anything like I am a big advocate for whatever rules apply to one apply to the other. So if you get to go mm-hmm. out and it's like a pause and you get to go, you know, have your fun, then so does he. And right. Yeah. Uh, do you believe in the, you could also, we could also say, uh, go ahead and leave that relationship. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Right. Do you believe in that? Like the universe will bring you together later on in life when the timing is okay. So like, let it go and let's see what happens. No, you're I mean, pondering this. <laughs> I think that sometimes people want to leave things to fate or to the universe, but that can be used as a um, uh, an excuse for inaction or... Sure. You know, yeah. Like, it could just be sort of like a nice little comforting belief. Yeah. Um, that feels kind of magical. And I'm going to go ahead and believe it and just make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's true that if it's meant to be, but of like, mm-hmm. if I don't think that people, and there's always exceptions to this. I, sure. what do I, what the hell do I know? That people who were together and then decided to break up and then get back together, that usually is a pattern that repeats itself. But people where the timing wasn't right or they were this person was in another relationship or that person wasn't available or they lived somewhere else, those I do think end up together. Hmm. So then I guess you do believe to yeah. a certain extent yes, that if you're meant to be, you're meant yeah. to be and you'll find that each other. If there again. is a a draw or a pull towards another person that, you know, like, oh, the timing wasn't right or, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've, or I've you just want to be single in your 20s. Yeah. And if you're meant to be with this perfect person, then you'll meet up again in your 30s yeah. or 40s or whenever you're supposed to. So yeah. there you go. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I'll tell you something I know I wish I started uh, when I was in my 20s, and that's taking care of my health on like a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I am somebody who really, really benefits from a routine. And what better than a routine that gives me all the nutrients and like amazing goodness I need to give me the energy throughout the day? Like This is like plant food for Sarah, and I'm talking about no other than AG1. Yeah. AG1 is it. Uh, I gave it a try because I was, I wanted to make sure that when I went to my fitness in the morning that I was like super pumped and energized and I had my brain focused on what I was doing and I felt good in my body. And it gives me that boost that I need right before I hit the gym or I go to Orange Theory, as all of you, as all of you know. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm killing it over there because of, the, because of my secret weapon, AG1. Yeah. I need so something easy. that's going to like be part of a daily routine that gets me going. And, you know, it's funny. I just went on a trip with, uh, like just last weekend, I went on a trip with two of Eli's friends. One of them happens to be my dentist. And and uh, 
they are also using AG1. So all of us were two out of, I should say two out of three of the couples were doing their AG1 drink like in the morning, doing a little breakfast routine. And then of course the other couple is like, what, what, what the heck we, we want, we want to get up on this. And by the time they left, they were uh, on board and they were like, well, we got to order this. I'm like, don't worry. I got a coupon code for you. Yeah, it's perfect. My AG1 is delivered to me every single month. So it's been super easy to make it a daily habit. And I also get the single serving AG1 travel packs. They're super cute and incredibly convenient. I never have to like miss a day because I have those little travel packs. So if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash TCE. That's drink ag1.com slash tce check it out okay let's answer another one okay uh after graduating high school i secured a job in the real estate industry however it was an extremely toxic environment and deeply impacted my mental health and overall well-being i sought therapy and i made choice uh, made the choice to leave after being there for three years i moved to a retail job and after a year there, I realized I wasn't a fan. I'm now working in an office and I'm deeply unsatisfied. I did not pursue college after high school because I did not know what I wanted to study. But now I feel like I'm in an endless loop. I still have no idea what I want to do with my life and I have no degree under my belt. I feel like I'm working towards nothing. Oh, I know. <laughs> I want to really just validate that yeah. experience of feeling like you're working towards nothing, feeling like you're kind of lost at sea and you don't have any direction or purpose or meaning, or you're, you're, you're lacking it to a certain degree or something. Yeah. And there's also a feeling of panic that comes up, especially when you're in your twenties, because I think a lot of the messages that we've received from whatever family, society, capitalism mm -hmm. tells us that we need to get, or we need to figure our shit out in our twenties. So that we can like set ourselves up for our thirties. And when you don't quite know where you're headed or what you're doing or what your passion is or what your career is going to be, and you're in the middle of your twenties, that's really scary. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, and it's a time where it's hard to even know what your passion is because you haven't had maybe enough experiences to know how to use the skills that you have in a way that you enjoy and makes you a living. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, exactly. I think I think there's this this um, misconception that you have to like find your dream job or know exactly who you want to be or where you want to go, and it's okay to be in a uh, like data gathering, uh, uh, you know, mm -hmm. in between time. Fuck, I didn't start grad school until I was in my 30s. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, it took me a long time. And I mm -hmm. didn't go to undergrad like until I was like late 20s. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was doing like community college here and there, one or two class, but like not really. It wasn't until way later. So, you know, there's nothing. And there were people in my program that were in their 50s and... There's no rule that says you have to have it all figured out and, you know, have your career at 25. No. Yeah. And who's telling you this? Where is this coming from? You know, so ask yourself, 
have your parents told you this? Have teachers or mentors or society told you this? And and check in with yourself and ask yourself, do you agree with it? Does that line up with your values? Uh, because maybe you can kind of have a more expanded belief system and yeah. and do sort of, you know, what Sarah is suggesting you might want to do, where you're just sort of like, can I, I'm just going to go ahead and continue to collect data mm-hmm. to figure out where I want to be, what I want to do, and what it's going to look like. So your 20s, I mean, your whole life is basically like a data gathering yeah. time to figure out which way you want to, you know, left or right or which way you want to weave. Um so, so I feel like the, the first thing that you need to do is try your very best to take the pressure, take the urgency off of this. Because um, if you do that and there's like a sense of urgency that's pushing you through it, then you're probably going to go in a direction that's not actually completely in alignment with where you want to go and what you want to do and what your career is going to be. So, which is very difficult to do. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of pressure. There's uh, a lot like kind of, uh, of these like expectations that have been um, put in front of you. So I get it. It's, I also, you know, go ahead and talk to, talking to a therapist is a good idea, but also maybe talking to like a career coach. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Right. Somebody that can be like, all right, what do you have to offer? What is interesting to you? What's your, let's figure it out together. And here's like a whole bunch of possibilities, uh, career paths that you can go down. And some of them might include college. Some of them might not at all. And you can have all these different options. And you try those things out. You go down some of those paths and some of those will work and some of those won't. And eventually you get to a place where you, but, but still (laughs) like even the people that seem to have it all figured out, they're still collecting data and they're still growing and doing different things. Yeah. You know, I ha I think this would be a great, uh, uh, journaling activity that might help, you know, r- just writing about your best future self, like five years from now. And in, I never remember what it is. I think it's third person, but I don't remember. It's like <laughs> Sarah wakes up in the morning and she puts her feet down on the floor in her, you know, house that overlooks the mountains and you can get real creative, you know, get like, like there's no limitation and just let your imagination kind of go and write about the future that you maybe spend a few minutes, some time like meditating before close your eyes, like kind of imagine what, uh, five years from now you would like to be doing what you, where you want to be. Maybe the focus isn't what job do I have right now, but where's the right place for me to be living? Do I love where I am? Maybe it's hard to find that job that feels like it's a good environment for you because the actual environment you're in isn't for you. You know, I, I was recently reading about some statistics on people in their twenties and it said, I think it was like, a large percentage of them move like three times Mm, mm -hmm. during their twenties. So moving to new locations and new cities and finding the place that works for you, you know, maybe it's a a different goal right now. Yeah. I think taking the focus off of, yeah, taking the focus off of the career and getting more in touch with the feelings that you want to feel in the future, what, what experiences you want to have, yes. the emotions that you want to get, that you want to experience, that could eventually lead you to a place where you have a better understanding of 
what job or mm -hmm. career or projects you'll want to focus on. Yeah. Where am I? How do I feel? What are the things I'm doing with my day or with my time? And then you kind of work backwards. What is What are the jobs or the uh, uh, careers available that support this kind of lifestyle? And mm -hmm. your yeah. career and can be, or job can be something that is just how you make money to be able to do the things that you love to do. It doesn't have to be like oh, the thing that defines you and like you've, you know, um, like perfect and wonderful and fulfilling in all ways. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know what? 20 somethings love and 30 somethings and 40 somethings and basically everybody, especially mm -hmm. yours truly, uh, that's getting paid for things that you're already buying. Like it's officially summer, which means, you know, barbecues and camping trips and a whole bunch of like, you know, random purchases. You're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Exactly. It's officially summer, which means staying inside and not going <laughs> camping because it's too fucking hot outside. <laughs> So why not get cash back on hundreds of grocery items that keep you comfortable and cool in the summer? See, something for everyone, and you're getting paid. Exactly. Uh, the average Ibotta user earns $120 per year, which could cover the cost of an entire shipping or, or shopping trip. It could, uh, you can use your cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing. You can buy that game. Those are uh, new hiking shoes, if you ask me. <laughs> or you can buy um, a new video game. I personally would recommend buying Mario Kart. It's the video game that never stops giving. They're constantly uh, giving you like new tracks all day long, uh, all, well, all summer long. And so I use my cash back. Perfect. Because you can get gift cards to a whole bunch of places with, I bought it, including Best Buy that will probably have exactly. those video games for you. So there you go. They have all the video games. So you can be a Sarah and get the fuck out of your house and get all <laughs> sweaty and hang out in dirty nature. Or you can be a Jeff and be really comfy and cozy this summer. Uh, either way, you're going to be getting a bunch of cash back. So right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code TCE when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code TCE. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code TCE. Number three, the next uh, question is, I'm 27 and noticing that a lot of the friends that I had in high school and college are beginning to take a different path in life than me. Some of them are having kids and getting married, and I'm more interested in pursuing my own goals before settling down. I feel like this is causing me to lose touch with some of my friends. And to be honest, I'm not too sad about it. Should I feel bad? Mm -hmm. uh, this, is, this is pretty typical. I think. Yes. Right. right. Mm -hmm. I think it's typical. And they're also typical with this is the feeling of guilt of like, mm. I'm being a bad friend or I'm failing in some way. You know, we have different friends and different needs with those different friends at different times in our lives. And it is normal that people are going to grow and um, move through different phases of life at a different rate. It's kind of like, you know, a field of wildflowers and all the different wildflowers like bloom and pop up and open up at different times. And, you know, they're all beautiful and perfect. <laughs> Is that too hippity-dippity? It's a little hippity-dippity, but it I know, works. I love it. Uh, have you ever, have you lost oh, friends yes. to having kids and, uh, you know? 
well, and getting married or being in relationship or actually more the opposite. I've lost friends to like, I'm more of a settled down. Like, like I, I, I like to be around people who have kids and are doing more of the mm. family thing. Mm-hmm. And that's more of like the structure of, you know, my life and mm-hmm. my boyfriend's life. And, you know, uh, our life as a couple. And, and even before that, you know, all my friends were ones that had kids and I was like, aunt Sarah, like, Uh wants to come over and play always. And, uh, so yeah, but I did, I did lose touch. I, when I got married and even, you know, with, with some of my friends who wanted to stay in more of that party world and Mm -hmm. party scene and even being on reality television, like I'm not friends with the people who are still in that world of reality TV because that's not something I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it feels very developmentally appropriate for you to evolve differently than your than your friend group, which is a really difficult thing to go through. I made friends. I made four like very best guy friends when I was in first grade and we were incredibly close all the way until I decided to move away when I was 24 years old. And that just sort of split up the entire group. And one of the reasons I wanted to move away was to figure out who am I outside of this friend group? I love my friends. There's nothing wrong with them, but I also feel like there's not a lot of growth left for me in this friend group. Yeah, that's And we're all, we're all also kind of like acting kind of adolescent. So it felt like there was like arrested development (laughs) where we had, where we had like uh, where we act kind of uh, like teenagers and it's very cute and sweet and we tease each other a lot but what does an adult relationship look like that isn't like rooted in in my youth so these friends were incredibly important to me then i decided to move away somewhere where i didn't know anybody and i got to make all new friends which was a much better match for who i was and who i am today so you know we kind of cycle through through friends depending on the growth yeah. and the evolution that we make i'm still friends and buddies with my core group of friends that i grew up with we're just not as close anymore yeah and maybe you know? it's like how do you define a friend you know if if in that list isn't um like we have to talk every week or every day can you still you know call them a friend and and know that they are like hold a special place in your life and in your heart, even if you don't communicate or aren't in contact as Mm -hmm. frequently as you were before. I kind of think of it as like, um, you know, if you've ever been like in a city with a Metro system, how there sometimes there are like the local trains that make multiple stops. Mm -hmm. And then there are those like speedy trains that are more direct that Mm -hmm. will like, but they all, they both go to the same station eventually, you know, so you might get there a little bit earlier and maybe, you know, those kids end up being, uh, you know, the babysitter for your kids later or something like that. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, so there is a, there's a bit of grief and sadness and letting yes. go. And we want to, you know, validate that it's okay. Um, that you don't feel too bad about it. This might be a new direction of, you know, socially where you're headed yeah. in your life. And it's very exciting. And I noticed that, uh, that so many of my friends, you know, when we talk about this subject, we all feel guilty for not calling the other person as much or talking Mm. as much or spending as much time with them. But we also all understand 
each other's need to like do mm -hmm. other things and, and that we only have so much time and energy and all that stuff. So, you know, sometimes we can f have those guilty feelings without the recognition that our friends are also feeling the same way. And if we all just accept that we're doing the best we can. And when we have those times together, I have a few friends that are like this and I want to like shout out to you, Allie, you're the best. Uh, <laughs> and you know, we won't see each other for so long or talk to each other, but when we do, it's like, there's like this, understanding that nothing has changed and everything mm. is fine and nobody needs to apologize. We spent like, I don't know, maybe three years doing that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then mm -hmm. we're like, why? It's fine. Everything's fine. We were, the friendship has not changed. We are so still just as close, even if we've only talked to each other, like on the phone once a quarter and that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a really good example of what adult relationships sometimes turn into and it's a it's a weird thing a transition to make because when you're in high school or in your 20s you're like literally spending every fucking like day with every people, day right? every weekend yeah. with these right and then it's like yeah. i only have so many weekends like right. they're, they're booked out for the next nine weeks like where are you going to actually yeah. fit somebody so yeah that is that is a, a big part i think that's a big thing in your 20s is is friendships evolving and maybe change, yeah, changing as they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can you read that that stat, those stats that you got from the New York Times? Yeah. So interesting. there was this great article. This it's it's an older article, but the stats I, I would imagine are are still helpful and, and relevant. And this is from a New York Times article, and it said one third of people in their twenties move to a new residence every year. Oh, that was it. Move to new residents every year. I was totally mm -hmm. this person. I moved like eight times in my oh, 20s. 40% yeah. uh, move back home with their parents at least once. I think mm -hmm. these numbers are probably higher now. I moved mm -hmm. back with my parents. Uh, they go through an average of seven jobs in their 20s. More wow. job changes than any other stretch. Mm -hmm. uh, Two thirds spend at least some time living with a romantic partner without being married. And marriage occurs later than ever. The median age for uh, first marriage in the early 1970s when the baby boomers were young was 21 for women and 23 for men. And in 2009, it had climbed to 26 for women and 28 for men. Hmm. And uh, yeah, five years and a little more than a generation. So I would say it's maybe even older now. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that helps to normalize what you're all yeah. going through. If you're changing jobs, if you're moving in with the parents, if you're like, I don't know, not sure what you want to do, all of that, this is typical. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, very developmentally uh, appropriate. It's also typical, but it's also typical. Like all those things are typical. Also, in addition to that, is the worry and fear of like, is this normal? Is this typical? It's a time when we're like, figuring out who we are and the kind of person we want to be and like doing things a little bit selfishly. And I think that's okay. I think mm -hmm. it's a time where you get to do that. You have the energy to do that. You have the like motivation and drive and that if we reframe that like feeling of not being satisfied as motivation to pursue more or want more. I want that. Yeah. 
You don't want to sure. get rid of that. That's what leads you to success and happiness and getting the good things. If you were to like the opposite is just like, oh, everything's fine and complacent. And I'm, you know, I'm just going to chill here, mm-hmm. you know, so don't worry. All right. Let's take a time out from answering our questions and talk about one of my favorite subjects and one of Jeff's least favorite subjects, which is me on the go, traveling, camping, <laughs> being outside. And like, I need everything to be convenient and travel friendly when mm-hmm. I'm on the go and outside, uh, enter care of this is mm-hmm. a subscription service that ships high quality, personalized vitamins and supplements and powders to your door each month. And why I love them. They come in these adorable little packs that are like, they're all pre-packed for you. So you just grab the little, you know, package for each day. And, and my favorite part, they have like a little cute, like daily challenge or thought of the day or mm. something like that that's like customized for you each day is different and i find that it's like combines two things like kicking off my day with getting like the supplements and good stuff and vitamins that i need and also that mindfulness piece where like the first thought i have in the morning isn't like checking social media or something like that mm-hmm. it's you know thinking about what's a new song you'd like to listen to or you know mm. like here's a little poem for you. I freaking love it. And care of is something I use every single day and I'd love for you guys to try it and check it out. Yeah. I like the thing that I like best about it actually is that as I grow and evolve, my needs and goals kind of change. So care of can help me adjust my routine to match that. They have that fun little quiz and that quiz can be retaken whenever you want in order to get them to give you like updated recommendations. So you don't just get like locked into the same thing over and over again. You can adjust your habits and and routine through the app. We love to see that. Yes. Mm -hmm. When I started this podcast, um, I felt like it was like adding a new thing to my schedule. I had to become more organized. And so I did the one for like focus and Mm -hmm. because I feel like your girl can, you know, use all the help she can get in that department. So now that I've kind of got things like dialed in, you know, I want something that's a little more for like the, like, like de-stressing. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. It'll mm-hmm. adjust to whatever you need. So for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code this changes 50. Again, for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code this changes 50. Ooh, 50%. That's one of my favorite kinds of discounts. <laughs> it's it's like free. I it. know, practically. How did you feel as you were like approaching 30 years old? Were you feeling excited, fearful, Mm. nothing? (laughs) What was happening to you? I, as I was approaching 30, had just gotten married. Mm. So it felt like it was time to be a Mm grown-up and time to like check some boxes. Mm -hmm. And then I... It felt like in my 20s, I was pursuing like like wanting to check those boxes and wanting to like, you know, set myself up to be able to do those things. Mm-hmm. And then at right about 30, it was like, check, check, check. And mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, well, I've checked these boxes, but I don't know if this is the one I want. I don't know if this is where <laughs> I want to be. I don't know if I like this. I think I checked the boxes too fast. And, and, and then I was like unhappy with my decisions. Mm-hmm. 
You know, yeah, I kind that, of like did what I, I felt like I should be doing without spending the time to ask myself, like, who am I and, and what do I want to be doing? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and yeah. we have, we all have those pressures. Sometimes it's called like the relationship escalator and yeah. you're supposed to date and then move in and get engaged and then married and have the kid and buy the house and yada, yada, yada. And, 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 and if you want to like deliberately get on that relationship escalator and start checking off those boxes, then we love that for you. But do you want to do that because you think that's what you're supposed to do? Right. Or do you really actually want to do that? Do you want to zig instead of zag and sometimes kind of like you sarah mm -hmm. you don't know that it's not for you until you do it and you're just like oh this isn't for me yep right? totally mm -hmm. yeah you can't decide which ice cream flavors you do and don't like unless you sample some yeah. flavors exactly totally well so yeah if it, are there some things that you know like i like those you know uh, a 30 year old self or 40 year old self talking to our mm -hmm. younger self. Are there things that you would tell your 20 year old self or things that you wish that you know now that you wish 20 year old you? Yeah. Let's go back and forth into. here because I think we yeah. both have some things that we would love to tell our 20 something self. Yes, uh, yes. The first thing I might want to tell my 20 something self is that it's not important to be cool. The I, I, I was obsessed with being cool, especially when I moved to Portland in 2005. Huh. I was 24 years old. I was just like, this is the coolest fucking hipsters walking around. I need to fit in and be extremely cool and hip. And while maybe I was to a certain degree, it always felt like I never really was when it came down to it. it all also, those people who look really cool also uh -huh. feel the same, just so you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. They all do. Everybody is. I moved to San Francisco and it was the same Ugh. thing. Yeah. Uh, so Everybody's the, so trying to be cool. Yeah. Nobody's cool. The and they're all going Nobody's to therapy. Nobody's fucking cool. They're all going to therapy. And it really... So now what I know now, it's not so much about... It's not important for me to be cool. It's more important that I'm like authentic to who I am, which means that I'm going to be cringe. And yeah. there's the like, I am cringe and therefore I am free sort of <laughs> mantra, which I wish my 20 something year old self would have adopted. Um, because, but, and cause the thing is like, if you actually step into your cringe and you fucking own it, you're really uh -huh. cool. Right. Like that's actually yeah. how to be cool. So I w when I was in Croatia and went to the nightclub that maybe you saw the <laughs> right. reel on oh, yeah, my that. social media where uh -huh. like, I thought I was being real cool showing up there at 1030 at night. Meanwhile, they, they didn't even <laughs> unlock the booze at 1030. Like, no, it was a ghost town. I asked mm -hmm. what time the DJ was going on. They say 1am. I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm going to bed. Yeah. But yeah. Um, while I was there and, you know, we waited until some music was on. And finally, some children started showing up. By children, I mean people in their 20s. And one of the things that I noticed that uh, a lot where I was like, oh, I remember when I did something like that. There was there were a few people who had what I can only call like a novelty item where like one guy mm. thought it would be cool to like wear swim goggles like oh, as he yeah. was at the club, you know, or like Ugh. a briefcase, like something <laughs> like that, you know, where <laughs> right. it was like something that was like a little extra. Like I was mm -hmm. fully like rockabilly in my 20s. And so mm -hmm. a lot of stuff was extra for mm -hmm. me. And oh, yeah. it feels like an age where you're just like, 
experimenting with things such as goggles at the nightclub. And I was looking at these kids like, oh, I remember. They are caught up in the scene. They, they are, are caught up in it. And like, yeah. yep, they are all about the, that Snapchat and taking photos of it and like making sure everybody knows. And I just want like the freedom of, of no. Oh, and as a female, mm. here's what I wish I would have told 20 something, Sarah, mm-hmm. you don't need to wear the high heels. Mm. Your sneaker, your chucks are just fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. go with the Doc Martin. You do not need to be uncomfortable. Wear that sweater. You do not need to be wearing anything that may where you're freezing cold and you could have an ankle injury. <laughs> right. No need. I see mm-hmm. all of the I'm like, oh God, I remember when I like sacrificed comfort for I don't know, whatever the heck I thought that was, beauty or or something. Just mm-hmm. like it, I don't know. I, I am so over that. Yeah. Uh, what a relief. What probably. a relief. Yeah. Ugh. I think they're smarter now, though. I think they're smarter. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one thing I say is when I was in my 20s, I felt very disorganized. I felt like I didn't have routines or systems or even like the right tools to help me be organized. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of people who have asked me after all of my travel this year have been like, Oh, you know, so like, are you checking luggage, especially like the kind of people that I'm meeting up with when I go on trips and they're like picking me up from the airport. And I always get to say, oh no, I'm not checking any luggage because I have the best bag for organizing everything. I use none other than the Weekender by Base Bags. It is so fantastic. There's nothing I love more than divided uh, compartments and that that zipper pouch so you can keep your shoes separate, your gross, disgusting shoes separate from everything else. I have it dialed in. Everything is in its own little case. I am so speedy. Like nobody is a better packer than me. And now I have the equipment for it. I freaking love it. There is something weirdly satisfying about putting everything in the right place. Mm. And I, and I love how you can easily do that with base. And not only can you like make everything, like put everything in the right place, but it looks fucking good. You look sexy. These bags are good looking. We're talking matching from head to toe. Like I go with like the all like kind of ivory off white look at the airport. I have like my airport outfit that I Mm -hmm. always wear. It's like loungy, but like, chic loungy and (laughs) i get i have the matching bag you know roller set and my weekender and that is all i need i can i traveled for four how long two weeks in europe with nothing more than a carry-on thank you it's yeah base has over thirty thousand five-star reviews it is nuts. So right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash TCE. Go to basetravel.com TCE for 15% off your first purchase. It is spelled weird. So you need to listen to me when I spell it out for you. That is B-E-I-S travel spelled the normal way. Dot com slash TCE. B-E-I-S travel.com slash TCE. Yeah, you'll love it. What else you got? Do you have another one? Uh, Yeah, I was big on correcting people. I, I think I spent a lot of my 20s wanting to prove how much I knew to people and a, 
and I had to do that by showing other people how much they didn't know. And that's not as fun <laughs> to me now to be like, and now it's okay if people don't know. And I'm like, so fucking what? Enjoy yes. finding the answer. It kind of felt like I was, it's like everybody's doing their own crossword puzzle and I'm standing there over their shoulder going, well, the, obviously the answer to 25 down uh -huh. is blah, 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 blah. And like, uh -huh. shut the fuck up, Sarah. <laughs> shut up. I want, I would punch me. <laughs> For real. There is, yeah. There and it's all like, documented on reality television. So uh, thanks for that, Sarah. MTV. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's, it, it is. That's really, that's hard to watch. It's really yeah. cringe. You want to talk yeah. about cringe? Whew, I, got I got 10 seasons of cringe for you. Oh, God. Hey. There, is, there is something about that. There is a certain personality that I also adopted in my 20s, too, where I thought it was so cool to be, like, contradictory and controversial. Like, that was my personality. It was like, actually, you're wrong because of yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah. I actually, that we both neck. were the same yeah. with that word. Uh-huh. Actually? Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So you wish you could have just, like, calmed yeah. the fuck down with trying Calm to correct everyone? Calm the fuck down. Yep. Yeah. 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 I don't. And 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 I don't have. I was a very bad winner in my 20s. Oh, were you? I'm a way worse winner than I am a loser. Oh. Huh. I, I, don't, yeah, I would not expect bloaty. that. I, I would have imagined that you. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of suck it motions. Suck it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know that like I need to I need to rewatch those challenge episodes. Were you like, were you celebrating too much? Way too went? much. Yeah. And then I like you, I just watched uh, myself just, do that and learned like to chill out. Like you're I was so like, cool. Sarah. That yeah. was that's what that looks like. I mean you care a lot. I do care a lot and I love winning. So <laughs> winning does feel good. I still right. love it, but I do like the celebration inside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I just go, oh, that was really good. Maybe you'll get it next time. Uh -huh. Which is worse. Oh, <laughs> it's terrible. I'm a work in progress. Yeah, yeah okay. we all are. What about you? You know, I, in my, when I, when I moved to Portland, I soon found a girlfriend. Her name was Stacy. I've dated two Stacys. I love oh. a Stacy. If your name is Stacy, I'm yeah. codependently attached to you and there's nothing I can mm -hmm. fucking do about it. Mm -hmm. um, I can so see this. Stacy number one, I dated when I was uh, in my mid twenties and I was head over heels for Stacy and she was head over heels for me. And we were both very anxiously attached, maybe codependently attached oh, to yeah. each other. Lots of drama up and like, it was ridiculous. We broke up a bunch of times and then we would try to, we would figure out a way to weasel each other back. And, and we also, because of the drama, we had like an amazing sexual chemistry. Uh-huh. It was like drama the best will do sex. That. Yeah. It was the best sex I ever had. It was better sex than I even knew was possible. So there was also this, sexual connection and one of the reasons it was hard for me to break up and stay broken up with stacy was because i was just like well i don't think i'm ever going to find anyone else that i have this much fun with i'm never going to find someone else that i have this good of a sexual connection with i need to make sure that this works and, and we figure it out together i wish i would have known that this is just like one of many big loves uh -huh. and i will have better sex yeah. and it's actually 
not that hard to find somebody to have really good sex with. You, right. I just need to find somebody who's like sex positive, who's a little adventurous and likes to fuck. Like, and who can and, communicate and talk about it. And who can it. communicate about yes. what you want and what yes. feels good. And you're both That's curious about, about right. learning each other's bodies. Whatever. You know, there's a yeah. lot of people out there like that. Yes. So it, it's not just Stacy. It took Stacy had to eventually be like, I am moving to the other side of the world to Australia. Oh <laughs> my God. I can't take this shit anymore. And I was like, Stacy, I will help you pack your bag. <laughs> Oh, uh, so that so that we can just like stop landing up back together. Okay. And she did. She moved to Australia. <gasps> but the thing that the like the last line that she said before she moved to Australia, she said, "I'm moving to Australia. I hope that we never get back together ever again. However, if I decide to move back like ten or twenty years later, and you're married, I guarantee." I can get you to break up with your wife and get back oh to it. I was like, gosh, she basically yeah. hexed you. Like that's a curse. <laughs> she did. And that, she is, that sounds like a witch that you were with. She, she's a witch. And she Definitely. probably has that power. Stacy, if you're listening, oh, yeah. stay in Australia. Yeah. I'm happy now. So are you. Uh, so if I would have, if I would have known that there would have been like a lot of like really great experiences with other women, then I probably wouldn't have gotten back together a million times yeah. with Stacy. Yeah. yeah. But you don't know what you don't I know, know right? Exactly. Uh, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. What about you? Do you have another? Um, yeah. This one, I would tell my 20-year-old self that it's okay to not be the down-with-anything girlfriend. Mm, the one mm-hmm. who's, like, super chill and is like, yeah, you could totally, like, do what I, I got walked all over and I got treated really shitty because I was like happy with what I could get kind of thing mm-hmm. and was doing way more work than I should have and not holding people accountable. And I thought that would make them like me more and make them feel like, oh, yeah, I want to be with her because she's like cool and she doesn't care about anything. But what that really did was just made them treat me like I don't care about anything mm-hmm. and therefore mm-hmm. like don't care about how they treat me. And now I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. There will be none of that. That is not okay with me. And I am the opposite. You know what I get? Treated like perfect and wonderful. And apologies whenever I'm not treated that way. Because I know my own boundaries. I dated one of those girls when I was, yeah, 19 or something, where she's just like, I'm just super chill. I'm here. What else do you got? Do whatever you want. And it was the most amazing relationship I ever had because it wasn't a real relationship. Right. Like That's not a two-way street. She wasn't a person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got mad at the people that I was with because I would lose my identity in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally yeah. my like i i am playing a role in that i am like yeah, yeah whatever sure and i would i i remember even like after getting divorced i went out to a restaurant and somebody ordered mushrooms and i was like no thanks i don't like mushrooms and then i was like wait a sec do i like mushrooms and then i tried them and i was like this is so good and i ordered another plate of just <laughs> mushrooms just for me and i ate it all almost to like prove to myself like That was somebody else who didn't like that. You like this. And I forgot what I foods I even liked because I was like, yeah, I guess we just don't like mushrooms. No, Sarah likes mushrooms. In your 20s, order all the mushrooms all you of possibly them. Just can. Like yes. if, if your partner's like, oh, I don't like that. Well, then that's good for them. You do you. Mm-hmm. 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 That's Great my advice. advice. 
This next one is very specific to me, and I'm not sure anybody (laughs) will relate to this, but it's, it's my own phobia or something where I was borderline obsessed and scared in my 20s because I was like, I don't think that I've experienced the most physical pain I've ever experienced in life. And I was really scared of being like, I haven't experienced the most physical pain. It's probably going to happen eventually. And even when it does happen, I won't know that that was the most physical pain oh, I've ever God, experienced. Oh, God, you are overthinking this, Jeff. I was really overthinking, but I was wow. scared. Of, like, I'm going to feel so hurt in my body. Okay. I'm so worried about it. However, yeah. I wish my 20-something knew that I can confidently say a year ago or less than a year ago, about a year ago, I did experience the most physical pain I think I will ever experience what was in it? my whole life. And now I'm fine. I'm not scared of it anymore. Right. The body is very resilient is probably what you learned and yes. all that. Um, I got a kidney stone. Oh, and have you ever had to pass a kidney stone? I have had something close. Yes. Very, very tiny one, but that was enough for it to be like, Oh my Kidney God. stones are the real fucking deal, man. Yeah. It was, I was doubled over in pain. I, the whole time I was feeling this pain, I was just, I kept on saying to myself, like, I have no idea how my body is actually standing this. This is so incredibly difficult. And I went to the emergency room. I was on all fours. I was like, I can't take it. And they got me back into the hospital and the doctor came and he was like, okay, on a scale of one oh, to I 10, hate how much that stupid fucking And I was scale. like, I'm, it's a 13 motherfucker, <laughs> like a 13 out of 10. And when I said that, he was so pissed at me. He's like, that's not a number on oh, the scale. No, and sir, I was just like, fine, 10 off, out of doctor. 10. Like, <laughs> I, figure it out. Yeah, the most exactly. ever. I swear. Oh, God. I it was that scale. so painful. It. it was, I was like, pain barfing because I just couldn't, yeah. but I got through it. Yeah. And I know that if I get another kidney stone, then I will Oof. get through it again. Um, so yeah, if I could go back to my twenties and be like, you know, you'll know when it is and you'll get through it and yeah. don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the anticipation of it's like, oh, it was almost God, like you were exactly. playing like that Jack and Bucks, like right. waiting yes. for it to happen. I could see how that could be like the people who are like <laughs> well into their twenties and thirties and have never broken a bone. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I, that's me. I've never broken a bone. What the hell? What the hell? Very strong bones. And I'm, and you know me, I like to I know. sit This inside. is what happens. That's what happens when you stay indoors. I've broken exactly. everything. And like, yeah. yeah, it's the worst. So don't do that. That's what I hear. Um, yeah. So let's see. Do I have one more I want to share? Uh, the last one, I think this was on your list and on my list. I think being hypercritical of my body. Like mm-hmm. being worried about how, and rather than appreciating what my body could do, mm-hmm. I just went to a workout like this, uh, you know, like weightlifting class mm-hmm. yesterday. And I mean, I was fit yeah. in this class and in my mind, I still am, like I am. And there were, there were parts of this that I totally struggled with. And I really do think it was just like, Wow, I'm coming to an age where where if I do not keep doing these same movements, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do them. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing. And I wish that in my 20s I appreciated how healthy my body was and how like strong and mm-hmm. able and capable it was 
and still, I mean, yeah. it still is, but it's, I got to work harder for it now. And I just sure. took that for granted then. So, and you look yeah, great, the, Sarah, relax. We're the most critical about our bodies in our twenties when our bodies are like just sort of naturally yes. the strongest. Yeah. yeah. And so it feels like it's such a shame <laughs> that you are right. so critical or so obsessive yeah. with what you looked like. Um, although that being said, it, this isn't true for everybody maybe, but a lot of times you, you, you start aging and then you kind of, you just, you accept your body a mm-hmm. little bit more. You're more. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and when there's more acceptance of your body, no matter what your body looks like, I think that you're cuter. Like it just 100%. sort of like, that's just sort of what happens. Totally. Whenever you know? I see women who are like confidently wearing outfits that I know I've told myself, Oh, you can't wear that for whatever reason. I'm always like, Oh, they look freaking amazing. And yes, I can like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that is, yeah. that is really the most attractive yeah. thing is confidence. And you get that as you forgive yourself or, or accept just who you are and how you are. Exactly. Yeah. And then real quick, last one for me might just be, um, I think in my twenties, I was really curious and worried about, or looking forward to as well as just like what it's going to be, what it's going to feel like when I'm grown up, when I'm oh. an adult. Yeah. Um, when, how's that going? Yeah, it's. it's Have you gotten there that, yet, Jeff? <laughs> no, you never. Yeah. You never feel like a grown up. You it. it maybe some people do if they like some sort of milestone. I'm not sure, but even if you become a parent, you still feel like, what the fuck am I doing here? Right. I have no idea what the hell is going on. Nobody knows. And you eventually find out that nobody fucking knows, and you don't have to worry about it as much. You don't like hit some certain age, and suddenly you feel adult. Nobody knows yeah. what they're doing, and it's sort of like embracing the nobody knows what. They're doing sort of thing that you're gonna feel like a fraud. You're gonna feel like you're faking it, sort of thing, and that's fine. We're all yeah. bumbling through life, doing the best we yeah. can. Yeah. And, and you're doing great. So just we're all doing relax great. and enjoy the ride. Exactly. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Okay. Let's change everything. Bye. Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.